As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Have you ever looked at your refrigerator and thought, I wonder whether it's going to kill me? Probably not. But for a lot of people in the early 1900s, refrigerators were, in fact, a deadly menace. You see, refrigerators back then often used toxic gases as coolants, including ammonia and sulfur dioxide. These gases worked well to keep food cold. But given the primitive state of manufacturing them, the seals on refrigerator pumps often broke. God damn it. These toxic gases would then leak out and flood people's homes. Every year, dozens of poor families would go to bed happy and healthy, only to be found suffocated and dead in the morning. So to protect against toxic fridge gases, scientists in the United States began developing new, non-toxic coolants. But this pursuit of non-toxic coolants led us down some unexpected paths. In particular, it led to the discovery of Teflon, the famous non-stick coating on frying pans. Which is all pretty neat. A gee whiz story of scientific serendipity. Except for one thing. After its discovery, Teflon was not initially used in frying pans. In fact, it probably never would have appeared in your kitchen had it not found a much more sinister use. That's because Teflon was a key ingredient in the making of the first atomic bombs. I'm Sam Keen, and you're listening to The Disappearing Spoon, a topsy-turvy, sciency history podcast, where footnotes become the real story. The story of Teflon and atomic bombs starts in 1938 with Roy Plunkett, a young chemist in New Jersey working for the DuPont Company. By that point, 
toxic fridge gases were starting to be replaced with new coolants, especially a group of related chemicals called Freon. Nowadays, Freon is notorious for depleting the ozone layer. But at the time, Freon was a big breakthrough, and it saved many, many people's lives. Unfortunately for DuPont, another company owned the patent on Freon. So in April 1938, Plunkett was assigned the task of getting around that patent by inventing a new coolant. All types of Freon contained chlorine, fluorine, and carbon atoms. Plunkett figured that he could make similar gases with similar cooling properties by using those same elements. For starting material, he planned to use a gas with a two-carbon backbone and four fluorine atoms attached. He would let this gas seep into a chamber, where it would react with hydrochloric acid. A different chlorine-fluorine-carbon gas would emerge, and DuPont would have run an end around on the patent. If only things were that easy. To start with, Plunkett and his assistant made 100 pounds of the fluorine-carbon gas. Why 100? Well, just because it was a nice round number. He then trapped the gas in small iron canisters, roughly the size of hairspray cans. He then set the canisters on dry ice overnight to cool. The next morning, Plunkett and his assistant were ready to work. They got the chamber with the hydrochloric acid ready. Then Plunkett opened the valve on one canister, ready for the hiss of escaping gas. But this is what he heard instead. Nothing. Nothing came out of the canister. Plunkett was puzzled. Had there been a leak? He put the canister on a scale and... No, it still weighed the same. There had not been a leak. And then it hit him. The nozzle on the valve must be clogged. So he got some wire and jammed it into the valve to unplug it. Then he opened the valve again and... Still nothing. No gas came out. Now Plunkett was getting annoyed. He grabbed a saw and began hacking through the stupid canister. Then he cracked it in half and... (coughs) There was still no gas, but something did come out. A white powder with a waxy feel. He grabbed another canister and opened that. And he found the same thing inside. More waxy powder. Then another canister. And more powder. Plunkett's assistant finally asked, What the hell is going on, Doc? Plunkett had a suspicion. DuPont was a world leader in the hot new field of polymers, or what lay people call plastics. Plastics have an almost infinite number of properties, hard or soft, flexible or rigid. But there's one thing all plastics share. Plastics are formed by taking one core molecule of maybe 6 to 12 atoms. Then you link that core molecule to an identical molecule, snapping one onto the other. It's like Legos. You take one piece and snap it onto an identical piece. Then you snap a third piece onto those two. Then you repeat that process over and over and over, trillions of times. 
pretty soon you get a long chain of identical pieces, all in a row. Scientists call that chain a polymer or a plastic, and different core molecules produce plastics with different properties. Because DuPont was a world leader in plastics, Plunkett was familiar with polymer chemistry, and he realized that something similar must have happened with his gas. The core molecule of two carbon and four fluorine atoms must have cooled down enough to start snapping together and forming clusters. The result was the white powder. We now call it Teflon. After realizing that he'd invented a new plastic, Plunkett's first reaction was understandable. Oh, sh**. After all, this was his very first professional assignment, and he'd fouled it up royally. His bosses wanted a refrigerant gas, not a white powder. Great first impression, Roy. Still, Plunkett was curious. What was this stuff? So, to make the most of a bad situation, Plunkett decided to investigate and see what Teflon's properties were. As it turned out, Teflon was pretty amazing stuff. The first thing Plunkett noticed was that it was slippery. Really slippery like banana peels on black ice slippery. And even that doesn't do it justice. Teflon is the most slippery substance known to exist. In fact, it's the only substance that a gecko's foot cannot cling to. Plunkett also tried reacting Teflon with some mild acids and other chemicals. Nothing happened at first, so he tried some stronger chemicals. Still no reaction. He finally got out the big guns, the most corrosive chemicals in the DuPont arsenal, the kind you need masks and gloves just to be around. And still, nothing happened. The stupid white powder just sat there. Now, this was pretty interesting scientifically. A substance that was supposed to be a gas had formed a plastic instead. And this plastic was the slipperiest, most unreactive, most unresponsive substance anyone had ever seen. But Plunkett wasn't being paid to indulge his curiosity. DuPont still needed its coolant. So after a few months of research, he put the white powder on the shelf and got back to work. And that might have been the end of the line for Teflon, a useless curiosity, if not for World War II and the Manhattan Project. Most people who think of the Manhattan Project probably think first of the weapons lab at Los Alamos, and for good reason. Lots of big-name scientists worked there. Richard Feynman, Enrico Fermi, Niels Bohr, and of course the subject of my previous podcast on atomic bombs and chocolate cake, Robert Oppenheimer. But in some ways, the weapons lab at Los Alamos was pretty small beer. After all, Los Alamos consumed just 4% of the project's $2 billion budget. The majority of the project money was actually spent at another site, Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And the main purpose of Oak Ridge was to enrich uranium. Now, I'm not going to get into all the details of enriching uranium. But in natural mineral ore, there are two main types of uranium. There's uranium-238, which makes up over 99% of the ore. Then there's the slightly smaller uranium-235. The key point is that uranium-235 is the fissionable one. 
So if you want to make a bomb, you need to enrich the concentration of 235 relative to the concentration of 238. And unfortunately, that enrichment is really, really hard to do. But scientists on the Manhattan Project did come up with several methods for doing so, including one method called gaseous diffusion. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Gaseous diffusion, not surprisingly, involves a gas. A gas made of uranium. Some of the gas molecules would contain uranium-235, while most of the molecules would contain uranium-238. Scientists would then filter all those gas molecules through a very fine mesh. Because uranium-235 was slightly smaller than uranium-238, a tiny bit more of the 235 molecules would seep through the mesh. So you'd enrich the uranium just a smidge. Then you'd take that slightly enriched gas, run it through another mesh, and enrich it a bit more. Then you'd run that through another mesh and another, again and again and again, enriching it a bit more each step. Now, because each enrichment was so small, scientists at Oak Ridge had to repeat this process many, many, many times, nearly 2,900 separate times. To do this, they needed 500 miles of pipes to pump the gas around. That's like running a pipe from Washington, D.C. all the way to New York and back. In addition, those 500 miles of pipes needed 500,000 valves, plus tons of seals and gaskets. So given all that, it's probably not surprising that the gaseous diffusion plant at Oak Ridge was the largest building in the world. It was 1.6 million square feet and cost $7 billion in today's money. And beyond being incredibly laborious, there was another big glaring problem with gaseous diffusion. The only gas that scientists could form with uranium was called uranium hexafluoride, or HEX for short. And if that name HEX sounds like a curse, well, that's appropriate. 
because Hex was a cursed gas, the most corrosive, nasty substance anyone had ever worked with. It attacked everything, devouring even iron. Hex was especially good at attacking rubber seals and lubricating grease, which made it a huge headache for Oak Ridge. Remember, they had 500 miles of pipes, all of which needed valves and gaskets with lubrication and rubber seals. But they knew the Hex gas would eat right through those seals and escape. This would ruin the enrichment process and kill any workers nearby like an old-time refrigerator gas. So that's where things stood. Hex was the only possible gas they could use to enrich uranium. But Hex also destroyed rubber and grease, meaning all known lubricants and seals were useless. And here's where DuPont came to the rescue. The head of the Manhattan Project, General Leslie Groves, had tapped DuPont to build the gas diffusion plant. And one day he came clean to DuPont executives about the problem with Hex. What he really needed, he explained, was some sort of magical substance. A slippery, unreactive, completely unresponsive substance. Was there any chance DuPont could invent something like that? Now, there's no record of how the DuPont executives reacted, but you can imagine the little smirk on their faces. Well, General, we'll see what we can do. In truth, the DuPont folks just went back to New Jersey and pulled Roy Plunkett's white powder off the shelf. As a plastic, they could melt and mold Teflon to use as a sealant. It was also plenty slippery, perfect for a lubricant. The only question was, would uranium hexafluoride gas eat through it? Scientists tried it out and... No. Not even the famously corrosive hex gas could touch Teflon. Manhattan Project officials were astounded. They immediately classified Teflon as a military secret, and they gave it a cryptic code name, K-416. They also stationed armed guards around the production plant in New Jersey to keep this strategic asset safe. And K-416 worked perfectly in the full-scale plant at Oak Ridge. Now, Oak Ridge did use other enrichment processes, too, so gaseous diffusion can't take all the credit. But while the other processes enriched the uranium by around threefold, Gaseous diffusion provided a far bigger boost, more than tenfold. Ultimately, without gaseous diffusion, there would not have been an atomic bomb. And there wouldn't have been gaseous diffusion without Teflon. Thanks to Oak Ridge, DuPont soon learned how to mass-produce Teflon and bring the cost down to a reasonable price. And after the war ended, DuPont engineers began looking for ways to use Teflon in consumer goods. Its most famous application came about when the wife of a French engineer suggested Teflon would be perfect to coat frying pans with. She was right, and Teflon has been a worldwide hit ever since. And if you'd like to hear more about that brilliant French woman's idea, I've created a bonus episode at patreon.com disappearingspoon. In the bonus, I also answer a question that you might have been wondering this whole time. If Teflon is completely non-stick, how on earth did they get it to stick to the pan? In addition, I explain how an interior decorator of all people 
produced another key invention that made the Manhattan Project possible. All that and more at patreon.com slash disappearing spoon. One last thing to wrap up. Frankly, Roy Plunkett got dumb lucky in creating Teflon. After all, he didn't plan on it. The white powder just appeared one day. But calling him merely lucky misses the point. I don't know about you, but if I had sawed that canister open and seen that white powder inside, my first reaction would have been to find the nearest trash can and bury it before my boss walked in and saw it. After all, it was a blunder. And Plunkett did let his emotions get to him. He was angry at first. But he didn't stay angry. Plunkett later said that his teachers had always trained him to pay close attention when experiments did not go as planned. In fact, especially when experiments didn't go as planned. And I think that's a really overlooked trait for success. The discovery of Teflon had nothing to do with genius. Roy Plunkett was simply willing to swallow down his annoyance, face his blunder squarely, and do the work to investigate it. As science writer Isaac Asimov once said, the most exciting phrase in science is not Eureka. Instead, it's, huh, that's funny. Or in the words of Plunkett's assistant, what the hell is going on, Doc? Failure is frustrating, there's no question. But that's when real discoveries happen. That's when you find something no one expected. Teflon was supposed to help save us from killer refrigerator gases. It ended up producing something far more deadly instead atomic bombs. But against all odds, this chemical wound its way back into the kitchen and eventually became a staple of modern life. Swords to plowshares, bombs to frying pans. Teflon was Roy Plunkett's biggest failure. Until, suddenly, it wasn't. For more information about this episode, visit patreon.com slash disappearing spoon. There, you can also suggest stories for future episodes, get signed merchandise, and find bonus material like extra podcasts and pictures. Also visit samkeen.com slash podcast. There you can find more incredible stories from my books and learn how to book me as a speaker at your school or event. And if you like this podcast, please spread the word to others, both online and in person. I'm listener-supported, and word of mouth means a lot. Thanks for listening to The Disappearing Spoon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.